Welcome to Get Your Book Done. I'm your host, Christine Closer, a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling author, award-winning publisher, and book writing coach to thousands. I love helping aspiring nonfiction authors write, publish, and promote their best books because there's nothing more powerful than writing a book to transform your life, your readers' lives, your business, and ultimately the world with your message. So let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode, Tapping into the Power of Audiobooks. I don't know about you, but I have finally begun listening to audiobooks myself and am tempted to turn some of my own books into audiobooks. Why? Because it is exactly the fastest growing segment of the book world today. So like all that growth that we saw happening with eBooks earlier in the industry, like now it's audiobooks. So I thought, who better than the wonderful Tina Dietz, who knows everything there is to know about audiobook publishing and podcasting and all that, but we're going to stick to audiobooks today. I've interviewed Tina before for my Transformational Author Experience series, and I was personally blown away. I feel like she lifted the lid and really shined an amazing light on this niche of audiobooks and how much it's growing and how we can really use it. And the thing that I love about Tina, it's not just about using the audiobook to get your message out, but you know, some of you after you listen to this episode are going to be seriously considering audiobooks if you aren't yet. But she's really a master in helping people really do something called using vocal leadership. Like how do we use our voice and the power of audio? And we're seeing this everywhere through the growth of podcasting. Obviously you're here now, you're tapped into podcasting, the growth of audiobooks. There's something birthing bigger than ever before in the power of our voices to help us lead and impact and transform people's lives. So here's to vocal leadership and storytelling and one of the amazing women out there doing great things in this area. So welcome, Tina. Thank you so much, Christine. That was an epic intro. Well, thank you. You know, I have a little, like, I have this very nice, neat bio, but I always like making it a little bit personal rather than just, you know, reading all the magnificent things about, you know, where you've been all over the media and Forbes and Huffington Post and all these other things. It's like, (laughs) who are you? You're a woman who's up to something big and helping people who are up to something big. So I'd love if you would just start, usually I ask, you know, when did you know you first wanted to write a book? But you are not yet an author of your own book. You've just published chapters. So I'd love to actually hear in this episode today, how did you land in this world of audiobooks? Yeah, it's funny. I work every day with authors and it's it's one of those, uh, the shoemaker's children don't have any shoes situations. <laughs> yes. Always, oh my God. You know, I know always, <laughs> oh, geez. So it is, it is hilarious. But uh, audiobooks, it was a funny, twisty journey. I've been building businesses for decades. I'm a, I'm a therapist by training. I'm an entrepreneur by birth. I grew up in my parents' business. Although I did not want to be a business owner because my parents slogged in their business and just, you know, kind of consume their lives. And I had always said, oh God, I don't want that kind of life. But being born at the right time and in the digital age when the world of the internet opened up, my mindset was already very firmly cemented in the world of being an entrepreneur. 
I was thoroughly unemployable, and I am proudly so, I like to say. So I, uh, I had started out with uh, life coaching and as I was a therapist, and then moved into business coaching because my life was surrounded by entrepreneurs and leaders and always had been. And so uh, I'd you know, work with more than 20 different industries and about eight different countries, helping people build and grow their businesses, and then fell into the world of podcasting. I have a theater background, and I have been doing voiceover work as a paid hobby for a number of years. And I was being interviewed on podcasts. People were asking me, why don't you have your own show? I started my own show working with a wonderful company I still partner with today. Uh, we have a fantastic alliance that's called Cashflow Podcasting. And I had this amazing experience with podcasting. And then through my work as a voiceover artist, my agent said, well, why don't you get further into audiobooks. You know, you really have a voice for long form narration and I know you, you know, love what you're doing. You can do it in addition to the work you're doing helping business owners. So I explored that and I took some masterclass training with the incredible Pat Fraley, who's still teaching out in LA. He's one of the top voiceover actors in the world. And a light bulb went on. And I said, why in the world? All of my clients, all of my colleagues are writing transformational books, doing bestseller campaigns, getting their message out to the world with ebooks and paperbacks and launch campaigns. Why aren't they doing audiobooks? I didn't know a single person who had turned their bestseller into an audiobook. And that led me down a rabbit hole. And I found that basically what was happening is that almost nobody knew that turning their book into an audiobook was a feasible option. They had no idea what the what the industry was like. They didn't know how to self-publish an audiobook back in those days. You know that was just barely emerging information. So here I was with a boatload of knowledge and understanding. And so instead of becoming an audiobook narrator myself. It, which is actually a very challenging piece of work to do. And our narrators, I have tremendous respect for the work that they do because it is intense. I said, you know what? We need to make this available for all of these folks who are authors. And so I launched it at an event for an organization you and I are both familiar with, the Evolutionary Business Council. And uh, so many of those folks in the room were authors. And I just said, let me survey you. Let me give you this information about audiobooks. And within a year... I had a new branch of the company that was now 75% of what our company was doing. Oh, wow. And it has skyrocketed ever since then because we are essentially the only audiobook publisher in the world doing audiobooks like we do them, which is we don't take people's royalties. We are full advocates for our authors and we make it easy and affordable for our nonfiction authors to get their audiobooks into the hearts and hands and ears all over the world. And you know, I'm a personal fan of that model because for all of our clients that we publish, we give them, you know, random house kind of quality, but they keep all their rights. They keep all their royalties. The book is theirs. Exactly. And um, I think it's so important. So I love that that is a model because it's very aligned with what I believe is really, you know, author focused, author centric and most fair for the authors. So I love that you're, that you're just, you know, using that model um, as we are here too, because it just feels really good. Anyway. That's why I like, one of the reasons I like you too, Christine. <laughs> Probably one of the reasons why we're both also exactly. members of the Evolutionary Business Council, because we're exactly. doing business in evolutionary ways. Totally. Um, anyway, I'd love for you to talk about what you see as some of the current trends in audiobooks that some of our audience members listening right now might not know. Like they might be going, oh my gosh, I never even 
thought I could do an audiobook. So why might they want to? What are the trends you're seeing? Well, the trend that have been happening with audiobooks, I have to go back a number of years because it's been now more than half a dozen years that we've had the rise, the I will say the re-rise of the audiobook. Because audiobooks have been around since 1929. That was the first official published date of the first audiobook on a record. 1929. And it's a very familiar concept. We, we all grew up knowing books on tape, right? Sure I did. remember yep. listening to Deepak Chopra, Magical Mind, Magical Body in like, what was that, the late 1980s, early 1990s on, you know, 12 take cassette tapes, right? <laughs> but and that it big was, plastic clamshell. Oh, huge oh, clamshell. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Not figuring out, oh, did I remember what I last off? Like, how far do I have to rewind so rewind, I can pick up? Yeah. And I mean, man, we've come a long way technology. I know. Wise, we're dating ourselves here. Yeah, we are. But, uh, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's we're still okay. awesome. <laughs> we, of course we are. We're well seasoned. Yes. And exactly. But going to the library and, you know, I never knew anybody who bought audiobooks because they were about 50 bucks a pop. And that was kind of cost prohibitive for a lot of people. And it was a little awkward. You have all these CDs or you've got all these cassette tapes. So they were popular, but they were really only reserved for books that had sold a ton of copies. Well, when audiobooks went digital and when Audible and Amazon became underneath the same company, that's when things really started to rock and roll again. And when did that happen? When did Audible and Amazon merge? I'd have to look at the exact date, but it was about, I think about eight years ago, eight or nine years ago now, might've been a little further, but um, it's about half a dozen years ago that we really started to see this extraordinary rise with all the audiobooks being based in apps. So much like when iTunes came out and we had the iTunes, you know, Nano and we had the iPod and you could have a thousand songs in your pocket. Well, now you could have a thousand books in your pocket on audio as well as digital, you know, on an ebook format. So that is really what happened about half a dozen years ago. And we've seen double digit growth, sometimes as high as 35 to 40% year on year in the audiobook sales market for the last six years running. And now the audiobook market is over a $4 billion industry each year. Those are staggering numbers. It really I mean, is. 35 to 40% growth is ginormous. Huge. And the billions and billions of dollars that people are spending in audiobooks, I mean... I, I need to strongly consider getting out. Like by the end of this interview, I'm sure I'll be like, okay, I got to need to add an audiobook at least for you know one or two of my books to my yeah. project list for 2020. And it's really an accessibility issue. Audio is the most accessible form of media. You can listen when you can't watch. You can listen when you can't read. And we live in this highly mobile society. So that's really what has accounted for this tremendous growth of audiobooks. And there's an intimacy in audio. We find this in podcasting as well because we you know we work with business podcasts and corporate podcasting in our company and I had the opportunity to be the lead interviewer on a documentary called Messengers about independent podcasting. And every single podcaster and I find this reflected in every single audiobook as well use the word in their interview intimacy that podcasting and audio and audiobooks and any audio format is a very intimate format because you're listening in such a way most of the time that your voice or the voice of your message in the case of working with a narrator is going directly into somebody's ear directly into somebody's brain and you become a voice in their head and that's really powerful 
It is. And I tell you, because I read a book and then someone's like, oh my gosh, if you read that book, like you've got to listen to the audiobook because it's the author themselves. Like it's not a narrator. And I was like, but I already read the book. And I am like, this is the, fr- I had to go and like figure out how to get a book on Audible. This is just a couple of weeks ago. So I'm a little slow on picking up on <laughs> trends sometimes, but like, wow, it really is a very different experience. I mean, I'm still a reader. Like I love paper. I love pages. I love ink. I love turning down corners and not digital corners, but real corners of books and underlining and notes in the margins and, you know, all of that good stuff. So I was surprised personally how much I was enjoying listening to this author read her book. I mean, it was just a whole different experience. So it's a completely different experience. It really is. Completely different experience. Yeah. And I I love fiction and nonfiction. And I have a tendency towards curling up with a paper book fiction. And I have a tendency towards listening to nonfiction on audio. So that's my personal trend. Some people are the opposite, but some people like all audio. Our executives, our C level folks, almost 100% audio we find that they listen to. Oh, interesting. Wow. So uh, let's talk about audio distribution and publishing and things like that, because we probably have some people right now listening and going, well, heck yeah, I'm going to do an audio book for my book. Like, what do you even have to do to, you know, begin to consider getting your book up on Audible? Well, it's not as complex as it may seem in terms of the actual process. However, doing it well, it really does involve some inside knowledge. And it also has to do with how much time do you want to put into this? Mm. So just in terms of accessibility, I'll let everybody know that there are two portals that I'd recommend doing self-publishing. If you're going to go the self-publishing route, you want to do it 100% yourself that you can utilize. One is acx.com, which stands for Audiobook Creation Exchange. And this is the common back end of... Audible and Amazon. Um, it also distributes to iTunes through the back end of Amazon, basically. So ACX is like the way it's distributed. It is distributed that way. And much like the other portal I'm going to share with you, you can also audition narrators there as well, if that's the, the route you want to go and you already feel like you've got enough industry knowledge, you know what you want, you're not concerned about the learning curve on it, and you, you want to you know, go at your own. If you're a real do-it-yourselfer or you're working with zero budget, then there are ways to go ahead and do that. The other portal is called Findaway Voices or findaway.com. And Findaway is actually... Um, a very, it's not a new company. They've, they've been doing audio for decades and decades and decades. They're actually the company that distributes audiobooks to the U.S. military. They do a, a large amount of uh, library distribution. So these are both really solid ways to, to get things done. The main difference between the two comes down to where do you want your book distributed and how do you want your royalties handled? So there's some ins and outs um, and when you're making those kind of decisions. And then there's also decisions to be made about, are you going to narrate the book yourself or are you going to work with a professional narrator? Understood. And what I'd actually love for you to talk about is sort of, dis- can you distinguish between like production, publishing, and distribution? Because these these are different aspects. And I just want to make sure, I mean, I know this inside out and backwards for anything, you know, print and eBooks, 
you know, audiobook will often refer clients to you if we need help with, for someone, you know, who wants to do an audiobook because it's not our area of expertise. It just, you know, it just isn't. So I'd love for that clarity for myself and for our listeners, like because I think those are the three key phases, correct production, publication, distribution. Am I correct in that assumption that it's sort of similar to the print and digital books? Yes, yes. As, as my very good friend in Thailand would say, same, same, but different. Okay. Um, so. <laughs> love it. Same, same, but different. <laughs> same, same, but different. And uh, so production, we're referring to the actual getting the, how the sausage gets made, as the old saying goes. And this is the decisions you're making up front about, you know, your royalties. Are you narrating or is somebody else narrating? How is this going to get done? Are you going through ACX or Find Away Voices? Are you working with someone like us? Are you working through your own publisher? So on and so forth. There's, there's a lot of decision making that happens up front. And then, of course, what's the timeline? We leave about 90 days for audiobook production. And that we can usually do it in less, but that's a nice amount of time just so somebody has to travel, somebody gets sick, nobody's, nobody gets hair gets set on fire. So if you're looking at production time, 90 days is about a reasonable amount of time from decision making through, hey, your audiobook is live. If you're not going through a, a massive learning curve, okay. So this is our production. Right. So that's a, that's an important caveat. It's kind of like when I lived in LA. It's like, oh, it's 20 minutes or an hour and a half in traffic. <laughs> so <laughs> that's kind of like the difference, you know. Like if you're getting that's help, a really you good know analogy what you're doing or not. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So if you're doing something on your own and you're doing it well, particularly if you're self-narrating and you're not working with anybody, leave six months. Six months and a lot of time. To, to do that because it is a steep learning curve for learning how to narrate well. So that's going to take you all the way through all of the, uh, the recording, the editing, what are called pickups, which are the corrections that you need to go back and make. Most books need some kind of audio editing, for ex particularly in nonfiction. So if you've got charts or graphs or you're referring to things in your book, sometimes we leave those out. Sometimes we build them into the narration. All of that gets handled in the production phase. We also are using your audiobook as an asset to build your brand, to build your business, to drive traffic to your website. So now your your books, this is already built in, Christine, you know, through calls to action back to people's websites and things like that. So when we work with one of one of your clients, we know we never have to deal, worry about this. But <laughs> got it coming from Exactly. So, but if uh, an author doesn't have calls to action inside of their book and, you know, like, you know, for more information, please go to the site, then we also build those into the audiobook as well. So all of that gets covered in the production side of things, the proofing, and then what are called the mastering of the files, because in order for audiobook platforms like Audible to accept your audio files, they have to be produced in very specific parameters very specific parameters, things like noise floor and a whole bunch of other, you know, kind of technical things. Sounds have like to make it's sure almost it's even a little bit more strict than like a KDP digital file for an ebook. It is. Okay. It actually is. Yeah. And it's, the thing is with audio is you really have to begin with the end in mind with audio because there are certain audio settings that after you're done with an audio file, you can go back and change, but there's a couple that you can't. 
And so if you don't know the parameters ahead of time and you go ahead and do all of this recording and you're like, great, I'm going to upload it. And then you haven't hit those parameters. You may have to re-record the entire thing. Oh my goodness. And so that's really important to know this up front. <laughs> I'm just curious, like would an example say be recording in mono instead of stereo? Um, yeah, that could be, well, usually because you can mix down to mono from stereo. So that would be potentially fixable, but there's things like noise floor and bit rate that can be potentially disastrous. And it has to do with the rate at which the information is being recorded through the recording software. And so if you go back and try to change it later, you end up sounding like a chipmunk or you end ah. up sounding like <laughs> you're talking like this. And that really doesn't help. No. So there, there are some, some things there. So if you're going to be doing production and you're not working with a professional house, at least work with an experienced professional editor and at least make sure that you go through the training modules on ACX and you get those technical specs down pat with however you decide to do it. It's really a crucial step. And uh, I've had a couple of folks come to me having already recorded their files and wanting to get into publishing side of things and the distribution. And I've really had to go back to them and say, I'm really sorry. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to work. And, it's, and that's where I'm glad I'm a therapist because, <laughs> because it's, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. So if, if that's the cautionary tale I can tell is, please, 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 yes, do an audio book and please, please, please make sure that you're being supported. Yes. So you do it right the first time and don't waste all that time, all that energy, money, you know, your voice, resources, all of it, your energy, you know, like the biggest thing I think of the it's energy, like, man, reading the whole book and then having to do it again because there was a setting that wasn't what it needed to be. Right. Well, it takes about five hours of production time to create one finished hour of audio. Wow. A, yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. yeah, I know. A lot of folks are like, I'm just going to sit down and read my book. And yeah, no, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. So um, that's how much it takes professionally. That's not a do-it-yourselfer. That's, you know, making sure the T's are crossed and I's are dotted. So that's the industry standard. And to give you a little bit of formula out there and how a book translates to audio time, it's about 10,000 words per finished hour of audio. So if you've got a 50,000-word book, you've got about a five-hour audio book. Which means about 25 hours of editing and of production, production and all of that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And, th and, that's, and that's professional production time. If you're, like I said, you're going through a learning curve, it's going to be longer. Got it. Yeah. It's going to be longer. So that is production, right? Yes. Uh, then once, let's say you heed my advice, you go through, you work with us, you work with some another qualified person, or you get yourself really educated and you have an amazing experience recording your audiobook. It is beautifully edited. It is mastered. Now it's time for publishing. Then at that point, you can, if you're going through ACX or you're going through Find Away Voices, then you are uploading your files in the manner with which they instruct you to do so. There's, you know, again, some T's to be crossed and I's to be dotted in terms of how you name your chapters, the, the manner in which you upload them, all that good stuff. It's relatively simple. And then you send it to quality control. 
So quality control, they're going to go through and make sure that your files are all good to go. And then they're automatically going to send it on to the publishing platforms that, that you have selected at the beginning of the process. So at the beginning of the process, even before you get to the production side of things, you do have to decide things like, are you going to distribute exclusively through Amazon and Audible, or are you going to do non-exclusive? That has an impact on your royalties. Mm. So it's sound, I mean, for anyone who's put a book up on Amazon through KDP, either print or an ebook, which, you know, CreateSpace is gone. Many of you know that already. And everything is under KDP. It's just under one plate. Like the publishing process sounds very similar to yes. print or um, ebook publishing through a platform like KDP. So this might sound familiar for those of you who have. And I hope that already. it does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but it, it does, and it and the one thing that tends to surprise people are the royalty rates because through KDP and through some of the other programs, you know, you can get very high royalty rates. Audio because the files are heavier, the apps are more complicated. It's a more complicated delivery system. It is far more expensive to hold all those platforms. Technically, excuse me. I think Tina's taken a moment to have a little uh, sip of water there. So I'm just going to reiterate here, what she's talking about with those platforms is with the expanded distribution, just keep in mind, as she mentioned, you want to know that prior to moving forward because it does depend what happens. And I'm, I'm excited and curious to hear when Tina comes back with that sip of water or tea, um, how the royalties are different. So can you share some numbers? Yeah, absolutely. So if you go with uh, exclusive distribution through Amazon and Audible, and Audible does have still about two-thirds of the market share in audiobooks. It is the 500-pound gorilla in the room. It's a 40% royalty rate. If you go non-exclusive and you want to distribute, let's say you do decide that you want to do hard copies, you want to do CDs and sell them in the back of the room as you're speaking, or you want to be on audiobooks.com, or there's about 30 or 40 other platforms that you potentially can get onto through Findaway Voices. You'll have wider distribution, but the royalty rate then at that point is about 25%. Oh, so it drops significantly. Yeah, it drops significantly. So what most of my authors do is they go and do exclusive through ACX, Audible, for the first year. And then after the first year, you can contact them, shoot them an email and say, hey, I want to go from exclusive to non-exclusive. And then they go ahead and expand their distribution or we work with them to expand their distribution out onto the other platforms. So you take that first year, throw everything at Amazon, you know, or shove everybody at Audible, everybody at Amazon, um, do that big marketing push and then expand your distribution after the first year. Got it. But still, like, I mean, 40% is significantly less than what you're getting, you know, exclusive on Amazon. And the thing that I'm curious to hear, and it kind of as we're sliding into rounding up, and there is, a, just before we do that, there is a resource that Tina has available for you. So make sure you go to the show notes and look up there. You'll see a link to get something called her audiobook production and publishing guide. So if you are, you know, 
feeling yourself excited about doing an audiobook after listening to this episode today, please go to the show notes, take the next step by going and getting her guide because I'm sure it you know digs a little bit deeper and maybe just reading through some of that might help you um, and going through that additional material may help you really gra- grasp this. But it really seems like even through all of the hurdles, you know, that audiobook sounds a little bit more complicated than getting, you know, print done, the specificity of the files and the formats and all of that, the lower royalty rates, all these things. But still, I mean, 35 to 40% growth year over year and multi-billion dollar industry. So am I safe to assume that your position is that it is absolutely worth it for authors to do this? even though it might take a little bit of extra effort. It might take a little bit of extra effort, but this is also where you you do want to get support. And like I said, whether it's working with us or it's working with, you know, a studio that maybe you're familiar with or another resource, this can go, you know, very smoothly. It's really just a matter of having the information and making sure that, you know, you you're working with trusted sources. And that is why we created that publishing guide so that you can kind of see all of the steps in front of you. We, you know, send you some follow-up information with different kind of case studies and information about, you know, when should I launch or what circumstances should I be doing this in and give you just some really concrete information about what you need to be thinking about so you can make an informed choice about it being good for you. But most importantly, it depends on the audience that you're trying to reach. So audiobook listeners tend to be professionals. They tend to be college educated. They tend to listen to more than one audiobook per month. Um, and they tend to be, um, they tend to skew towards the, the more affluent side. They tend to skew towards white collar work. And so those are some of the demographics. So, you know, if you are somebody, you know, we work exclusively with nonfiction authors. If you are using your book as an asset to develop a larger audience, to develop more influence, to develop additional income streams, and really to get your message out into the world because you're becoming known as an expert or you are an expert in your space and your expertise, then this is an additional way of reaching people. And then the audio itself in your book can be used as an asset for marketing as well, which I know we're probably won't have time to talk about that there today. But that's also something to think about is how many different ways can you use that audio to continue to reach more people through trailers, through audiograms on your website. You know, that's it's the voice of your message. Even if it's not your physical voice, it's the voice of your message coming through. And that's powerful juju. It sure is. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining us today, Teen, and sharing this information. I feel like we've definitely inspired some people to strongly consider audiobook. Maybe some of you already going over to the show notes to get your copy of the audiobook production and publishing guide that Tina has offered. I firmly believe that an educated author is an empowered author. So, you know, today we began to educate you on how to tap into the power of audiobooks. And for those of you who want to take it further, get yourself educated so that you are empowered and you don't find yourself after hours of, you know, recording audio with files that you can't even use. So um, thanks for making that resource available, Tina. As we wrap up here, what is the most important nugget, piece of wisdom, encouragement, inspiration that you want our listening audience to walk away with from today's show? I would love for anyone listening to make a practice of falling in love with their own voice. So many people 
Most people don't love the sound of their own voice. It's something we have to get used to. But when you fall in love and you actually take it on as a practice to fall in love with your own voice, then it becomes much easier and more natural and elegant to share your message over and over and over again, because that's what it takes to become a global influencer. And that's what it takes to change lives. And that's what we're up to. Oh, so beautiful. Fall in love with your own voice. What a way to end the episode. Thank you again so much, Tina. Thank you all for being here today. I'm excited to see you next time around. And in the meantime, happy writing, everyone. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Get Your Book Done. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to everything we talked about today. And if you want my help with your book, head over to christinecloser.com to learn more and get a free copy of my book, The Transformation Quadrant, which will show you how to blueprint your book in 15 minutes or less. The Get Your Book Done podcast is where the leading conversation is happening for transformational authors everywhere. And I'm grateful you tuned in.